Hello and welcome to The Coaching Corner, a podcast by RefCoach. We are Jack and Ale, and on this podcast, we provide short, educational conversations about refereeing to help officials improve and enjoy the game they love. Today's topic is referee gear and technology. I know it's one that you're very passionate and interested in, Ale. Well, it's uh, one of the things, technology, that uh, pays my rent. <laughs> so I, 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 I better be, I guess, Jack. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So let's start off with something really basic. So think of your basic equipment, your referee gear, your, your whistles, your boots, compression tops. What's important in that space, Ale? What do you think? When we think about the basics for referees, I think we go back to the good old whistles, the boats, the, your kids. It's all things that you get on your course day sometimes. Mm. At, most course, at most courses, you will get a whistle, a pair of cards, a coin potentially, or mm-hmm. you'll be told to get a coin. And that's really the basic gear that a referee needs. You're going to need, obviously... Uh, Watch for timekeeping, and when you start, the the simple ones that usually you can buy, you can buy for for very cheap at, at any at any supermarket. Mm-hmm. Those are those are the best way to start when you're starting refereeing. As as always with any kind of gear in any kind of profession, you can't really get a whistle or buy a new pair of boots and just wear them the first time you have to perform. So it's always important when you get a whistle to play with it, try it out. Learn how to use it. Variate the tones. Yeah. When I started, I remember driving my neighbors crazy because I would blow the whistle in my bedroom in an apartment block and just <laughs> get, in, get in on everyone's nerves. But I couldn't go outside to do it. Whistles are a really good point, though, because there's a wide range of whistles. There's Fox 40s, there's Acme, there's the Valkine. And what Ali said about practicing is really important, especially if you're changing to a different type of whistle because... I know from personal experience, the way you use it is different depending on the model. And you don't want to get to the game and the first time you blow the whistle being the whistle to start the game. And you go, oh, this is different. I'm not sure if I like this. You know, it could really disrupt the next 90 minutes. Yeah, definitely. It's like when you buy a new pair of boots. If you don't wear them until your first game, you're probably going to get sore heels Mm. or they may not fit great. So you want to try them on before and maybe you have a couple of training sessions to wear them in a bit. Yeah. It's the same with a whistle. It's the same with any sort of compression top, compression gear you wear. I know you and I, Jack, have different opinions on shorts and all that sort of stuff. So it's really important to try things out, try your gear out before you get to, to game day. Even things like bags. I've seen in my career referees rocking up at games with trolleys with uh, different type of bags and honestly if I don't know why I never thought about having one of those wheelie bags, tr- wheelie bags with me because it would have been fantastic with all the stuff I had in my refereeing bag it would have been just so much easier to carry it all around certainly so I think aside from the most basic of stuff one of the first I guess pieces of referee technology that a referee might come across in their first couple of years and it probably won't be them it might be a colleague they're assisting uh, may have these and, and that's buzzer flags I remember the first time I well I can't remember exactly when it was but I remember the feeling of using them for the first few times and you think what are these how do I use them they're a bit different the handle is a lot huge 
bigger than normal flags. Yeah. And obviously, they can have a really positive impact on a referee's game. But, but what underlines all of it is they're supplementary to, to refereeing. Just because you have this piece of tech doesn't mean anything needs to change too much. At the end of the day, all it is is a button on a flag and the referee has a receiver, which buzzes, um, as, as the name says. And it's just another method of communication which just helps you add that 1% to your game rather than that being the basics. Yeah, I think you and I, Jack, feel really strong about this. It's, it's just an assistance. It's good for communication, but does not replace normal refereeing. It does not replace any of it. It's a similar concept to communication gear. Mm. It's the same concept. <laughs> it's the ex- same concept, you're right, because... It is great for communication to have radio radio comms because you can talk to your team. And I mean, sometimes if a game it's not great, it also makes it more enjoyable because yeah. you, you're not as alone as you normally would be. It's great to share information, to to get your referee or your, or your teammates' attention when it's needed. But at the same time, it's not a replacement for refereeing. You yeah. still have to referee a game. You still have to raise your flag for an offside yeah. it's, or for a free kick. It doesn't replace refereeing. And the best example is that 2002 World Cup final, which was the last World Cup final with no, none of this technology. And there was an Italian in the middle, a Swedish on the line, an Englishman on the other line, and a Scottish man, and a Scottish, and a Scot- as a fourth official. Yeah. And they had no comms gear, they had no buzzer flags, they refereed the game successfully. Mm. So it's very important. If they can do it in a World Cup final, everyone can do it in their own levels at grassroots. Yeah, and communication systems are such a skill in their own right. It's been something I've really worked on over the last 18 months and two years is, is how to use them, how to use them effectively. If you don't know how to use them and aren't prepared to use them, they can become a real distraction and take your mind off them. Like uh, I go out and you see referees using them in a, you know under-15s game and you go... I think, guys, come on, you haven't, you're learning how to referee, don't worry about the comms bit yet, don't worry about that at all, that'll come eventually, but get your basics right, get your foundations right, and then you can use the comms to to really fine-tune your game when you're really trying to get into that professional level or semi-professional level, it's, they're not a way to learn to referee at the start. You're so right, there's such a big distraction, because when you're at that age and you just started refereeing in your first years... When you have that kind of gear, you just really think about how you're using it. Mm. And psychologically, the feeling you get out of it, the buzz, pardon the pun, but the buzz you get out of it, you feel like you're in the big leagues. Mm. And you forget that before you get to that point, you actually need to learn the basics. Positioning, how How to to signal, how to blow a whistle, (laughs) how to talk to players. But because there is that excitement of being... uh, Roboref, like uh, <laughs> Jim O'Leary is uh, called in, uh, in one of the episodes of My Life at the Line. But that excitement when you are younger and just started refereeing really is a massive distraction mm. against the things you should really focus on. So you said it really well, Jack. I totally agree. So... Another piece of equipment that we touched on really quickly at the start of this episode is watches. But what we're going to talk about specifically is smart watches and I guess fitness trackers as well. But they're one in the same thing, I think, generally. 
So that's your Apple Watches, your Garmin's, your Polars. And what all of these do is give you great bits of data on your fitness. So your heart rate, how much distance you cover in a game, where were your sprints, etc., etc. Obviously, they also provide a timing device, which is great and very useful. But I think that's the main thing they should provide. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they do give you this insight in, in data into your refereeing, which can be really interesting for some referees. And I, I love it. I look back at my games and go, how far did I run? Oh, was the first half harder than the second half? Oh, why do I think that is, for example? But I guess over the last few years, we've seen the development of smart watches in refereeing so that's your apple watches the samsung watch i'm not sure what else there is out there Ale, you know more than i do lot, about it. yeah there's there's a lot of different brands it's like tick watch tick watches are really famous with android um obviously you have the garmin's the polars but some of them are not as smart mm. uh there's the fitbits for example there's the, the zooms i think they're called which are the ones created I think they were created from golfers. Okay. Um, there's so many different ones that have all different functions. Most of them, a big part, a big chunk of them, mainly does just the performance tracking. Uh, but there are some apps out there that can be used on the smartest of the watches, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> um, if we think about the, the Apple watches or some Android watches. And there's... Some really good apps out there that do more than just performance tracking. If you think about Ref6, for example, we had Asan on the podcast as well at the very beginning as a guest. And there, and I've seen I've seen Ref6 used before by some referees here, which there are, it's an app that gives you lots of other opportunities uh, to not just track your performance, but also the game. But it's one of those things where you need to really be on board with it. It's not for everyone. But the, the purpose of Ref6 is to replace our referee notebook, right? Yes, correct. So you can record goals, cards, you can record, um, I think, extra time, penalty shootout, you can record subs, and uh, there's, there's a function where you can not stop the watch but save time to give you an idea of what other time should be at the end of the game. So there's a lot of great functionalities along the performance tracking. You get heat maps, you get your sprints, you get your heart rate, sections and all the sort of things that uh, a normal fitness tracker would give you plus on top you get gps positioning as well on the field of play which is really good because you get all that data you record where you give yellow cards and red cards so if you notice you're giving a lot of yellow cards in a certain area of the pitch that could really help you understanding why and potentially improving your performance obviously it's one of the things I admit at the beginning when I heard about these apps, I was very st- skeptical. I never managed to use them in my time because mm-hmm. I retired. Well, makes me sound old, but I retired before I was able to use them. But at the same time, after dealing with them and seeing them in, in action, I sort of got converted because I think there is some real potential in using them and they could really help referees. And it's going to be really interesting to see where it all goes in the future. Because if we think about how watches and smartwatches are used at the elite level, we can think about goal line technology, which is a watch that the referee has and communicates when the ball is in and out. And which means there's there's no real reason why there shouldn't be an option for referees to use this technology and try and get it as much as you can. I mean, technology is used everywhere, so why cannot we take advantage of it? Yeah, but I, I think what 
underpins all of that, Ali, as brilliant as that sounds, and obviously there's a, a strong future for it in refereeing, is that what we've touched on with everything else about this mm. in this episode about gear and technology is don't use it on the game for the first time. If you've got your shiny new Apple Watch for Christmas, awesome. You've loaded Ref6 onto it, brilliant. But do not try to use it for the first time when you're walking out for your free game because that's just asking for disaster. It's asking for problems. Yeah, go out at the training session, pretend you're in a game, try to record everything, mm-hmm. see how long it lasts if you can, mm-hmm. let it run, try to try to break it so that you know how to behave when something doesn't go right. Because especially the first time you use anything, like we said with whistles, with buzzerflick, with comms, with boats, with gear, the first time you use something, you're not going to be familiar with it. Learn how to use it first and then use it in the game. So an interesting discussion today, Ale. Not so much a coaching focus, some, some good coaching themes to take in, but, but not so much a focus on coaching, which is the first time we've done that on, <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but what did we talk about? So we talked about referee gear and technology. We talked about yeah, whistles, boots, basic tech around buzzer flags. We chatted about communication systems and, and how both of those two things are really just adding that icing on the cake. They're not the fundamentals of refereeing. You need to have the basics down pat before adding these layers of technology. And then finally, you gave us a chat, or we had a chat about uh, smartwatches, fitness trackers, and, and apps like Ref6 um, that have really added a new dynamic to refereeing over the last couple of years. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. For more referee education, join our Facebook group and become a RefCoach member for free at refcoach.org. If you like the work we do, you can support us by purchasing a RefCoach whistle to show that you're part of the RefCoach community when you're out on the pitch.